0: Talk that talk. Talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Are you talking to me? Talk that talk. Provided by Off the Hook, the platform for the people. Step into the studio and talk that talk. Get off the sidelines, man. Keep on talking in the free world. Good
1: evening, kind sir. Greetings and salutations, Mr. Shane. My
0: my apologies for several technical difficulties. Full transparency, we have two phones on the go. I left the Jays game early so I could make sure that we did our talk that talk, the official family action post show after wwe smackdown and when i do it from one phone i'm logged in as off the hook and i'm not able to log in under my own name and when i do it from two phones i have both of them going so needless to say i had to log in and log out and anyway here we are
1: i can uh, i'm ju- i have the uh, blue jays on in the background and i see they're doing very well
0: Well, it's interesting that you say that. So, um, again, I'm too honest for my own good, but it's the only thing I know is that. So it was a little uh, dicey this evening. Normally, as I said before, on Monday, we do Blue Jays Talk That Talk. But on Mondays and Fridays, wrestling always takes priority. However, tonight was very unique. It was Jackie Robinson Day. It was the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson. Very important, again, to the world, to the sports world, to MLB, to wrestling, to everything. And uh, so I wanted to be in the building for that. So all that being said, I picked up SmackDown a little way through. And to be perfectly honest, I was going to ask you if we were going to delay it a little bit, but I didn't want to delay it because, like, I really enjoyed that last match, and I wanted to chat right away. So I'm watching in the background the in- the beginning right now.
1: All right, no problem. So um, just out of curiosity, where did you actually catch it from?
0: And you know what? No, I thought I was watching from the beginning, but they're not allowing me to rewind. Well, we'll we'll just do this. Let's just take it right from the top because uh, and I'm not worried about spoiler alerts because as soon as we go off the air, I'm going to recap it and it only lets me go back so far. Long story. But uh, let's take it from the top because I want to chat about all of it and, and the parts that I missed, even though I didn't see them live. And even though I'm going to watch them afterward, I want to talk about them now, if that's cool with you. I don't know if, if you're okay with that, just so you're going to be kind of walking me through. But I do want to weigh in on my thoughts, because you uh, I was looking forward to this tonight, because we're getting close to WrestleMania Backlash, and you know we had some things that we were looking for tonight, and uh, I, I didn't see Roman Reigns tonight. So I'm hoping he uh, kicked off the show, and I'm looking for your thoughts on that. I'm expecting your nonsensical foolishness dogging the head of the table but I'm also I'm also looking for your information so I can weigh in so I'm looking for you to be as unbiased as possible in your
1: biased commentary well I, I don't know how unbiased <laughs> I'm really going to be because I am the man of the biased and um, you know he is the ass of the table and of course uh, we're off to a horrible start already <laughs> And, of course, the ass of the table was nowhere to be seen tonight.
0: Really? Roman Reigns was not on the show tonight?
1: Not for one second was Roman Reigns in there at all tonight.
0: Okay, so do you mind, normally when the show ends, and what I love to do, and, and you know, I appreciate that you rolled with me on this, you know, I don't know, I guess it's been, I don't even know how long we've been doing this now, but it's been weeks and weeks and weeks ago where I said, you know, instead of taking it from the top right at the beginning, I want to react initially to what we just watched, which, you know, I appreciate you rolling with me on that. So we have to see that. So
1: you know what? Did RK-Bro lead off the show? RK-Bro did lead off the show, actually. Um, and they, uh, they called it uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum. Um, what? Well- <laughs> who, uh, who then came out, and, you know, without, of course, the ass of the table anywhere to be seen, um, RK-Bro did accept the challenge of the Usos, so that will be the unified tag team title match at Batwash. Um You know, and of course, the Usos went on to try and tell, you know, RK-Bro that, you know, they were the longest reigning defending... SmackDown Tag Team Champions ever. Well, Randy Orton thought it was best that he would just let him, them know that just because they're that, that doesn't mean anything. And he went on to list his accolades and how well he's been doing and how history, what history he's been making for the past 20 years. And of course, you know, to let them know that he has one of the most dangerous moves of all times and it's only three letters and it happens out of nowhere. So you know the Usos weren't too happy about that and uh, but that was okay. You know they left. They they, they scurried away as Randy Orton said you know they were their leader let the bitches off, the, uh, off their leader. Whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. It's just the, the, the disrespect that just gets poured on the bloodline. It's just, it's got to be a violation of some source uh, on, on on this talk that talk. Like, it's just relentless.
1: I, I never called them the bitches. I call them Tweedledee and Tweedledum, the ass of the table, Mr. Dick. Those are my names. All, Randy, all, 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 the, all
0: endearing terms. My apologies.
1: Absolutely. I mean the best by that. Um, and of course, you know, Randy Orton was the one that said, you know, the bitches have been let off their leash. And, you know, I have to agree with him because, you know, the ass of the table always has them, you know, tied up beside them. So, so, so then they leave and, uh, you know, the music plays of Randy Orton, you know, they, him and Riddle climb the, climb the ropes in Celebration before the Usos come and attack Riddle on the top row. Usos! Um, so that's where that led to. So that was alright. So we will get the match. The Unified Tag Team title match at Backlash between R.O.K. Bro and the Usos.
0: Bro. Wrestlemania Backlash, if you will.
1: That's, um, that makes me cringe.
0: So uh, I quote, and uh, did you see the blind side? what blindside the movie the blindside oh
1: yes i'm sorry i thought you meant there was a blindside happening in the, in smackdown yes i've seen that movie
0: so when you say wrestlemania backlash how do those words feel coming out of your mouth uh terrible oh you let me down man i don't know the movie <laughs> how, word for how word did like those do those words taste coming out of your mouth that's the proper sorry i messed up the quote so i'll give you one more kick at it how did those wrestlemania backlash how did those words taste coming out of your mouth
1: I don't know the quote, man.
0: Uh, Like vinegar. That's when... uh, That's when Sandra Bullock, who was playing the mom, and then... What's her boy's name? Country and Western star? Tim McGraw is playing the dead. Uh, Great actor, by the way. Uh, I love Tim McGraw. And uh, Shoto for Christmases. I think we've touched on this before. And... uh, they're having a conversation in her bedroom about Michael staying there or something. I can't remember. And then she says, yeah, you were right on that one. And he said, hold on a second here. How did those words taste coming out of your mouth? And she said, like vinegar. So there you have it now.
1: I'll try and remember that for the next please time. You ask kind, sir.
0: So you really, you know, I have to say normally when we do talk that talk, and and don't don't get me wrong, I enjoyed every moment of it. Normally, when we do talk that talk and the show shuts off and we come on the air, you know, it's usually me that has to be derailed and I'm rambling on and on and on and can't be stopped. But I will say this when it comes to slandering the bloodline, you're a runaway train. And and even though I hated every second of everything that you just said. I'm like, okay, he's on a roll right now. Dangerous Darren Davis gets fired up when it comes to slandering the bloodline. So let's see. As I mentioned, is that I picked it up a little way through. And when you asked me, where did I begin and then I said well uh, I wasn't quite sure you just take us from the top and I'm like I'm hoping Roman Reigns kicked off the show you said Roman Reigns wasn't here I was disgusted that he wasn't there and then you went into slandering the bloodline nothing new and then the reason that I said is that it didn't allow me to rewind all the way is because I just finished watching RK bro and Uso's and then I thought I rewound, and then but they're on the screen again, and I'm like, so I didn't rewind because I'm like in my mind before you let me know that Roman Reigns wasn't there, I'm like, well they couldn't have let off the show, but here I am, so I am, I am at the beginning watching RK Bro and the Usos go back and forth. Um, before, and this is nothing against RK Bro and the Usos. I love both of them, of course, the Usos are my boys, but Darren, uh, all jokes aside, how are we, I mean, we've come to grips with, unfortunately, just like we've come to grip, I joke, I joke, I joke, I kid, I kid, about, you know, Wrestlemania Raw, Wrestlemania Smackdown, Wrestlemania this, Wrestlemania that, Wrestlemania everything, everything's Wrestlemania, so uh, we've come to grips with all that, but And we've also come to grips with a 180, you know, new season starting after WrestleMania. And then they wanna throw this WrestleMania backlash in the mix. So then we're doing a 180, we're not doing a 180. Some scenarios we're doing a 180, some scenarios we're not. So we're confused. So then all that being said, where is Roman Reigns? Where is Brock Lesnar? I know she's not on SmackDown, but where is Becky Lynch? What in the name of Christ is going on, Darren? Like, is is this is, has this now turned into the quote-unquote off-season and we're giving people, like, vacation time? Is this what's happening right now?
1: I, I, I don't know, honestly. Uh, Brock Lesnar, I, I don't give two shits as to where he's located personally.
2: Whoa! Um,
1: I honestly don't. And uh, if he never came back, it wouldn't bother me in the least. Um, but for our champion, current ass of the table, um, you know. Well, let's
0: just. You should just left it as our champion. He's the tribal chieftain. Acknowledge him.
1: The tribal ass. Um, and I don't know where he is. He's. um He's taking a look at uh, Brock Lesnar's previous past and is just showing up when he pleases, is all I'm going to say to that, because he was there last week, um, you know, just to give his, his instructions to his bitches. Um, and then he. Uh, led, and the
0: this the show, video. this show has been completely derailed by a maniac known as Dangerous Darren Davis. Now he's just. He, he now. Thank you for nothing, Randy Orton. You've given now Dangerous Darren Davis a so-called license to now break out the bitch's word when referring to the longest reigning tag team champions of all time.
1: I'm actually going to thank Randy Orton for allowing me that terminology. It's fantastic, and it's used in the most, most, most respect. Um... <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I'm sorry. I stand corrected. I, I stand corrected.
0: I apologize. Uh, of course, I should have known that uh, the most respectful way possible. My apologies.
1: Absolutely, and I, and I thank you for the apology. So I will give you this. Uh, thank you! And, um, you know, so I don't know where he is. He's got his bitches doing his work form like always. He's not around. And for Becky Lynch, well, I don't know. Maybe she's just trying to grow her hair back or something like that. I don't know where she is, but it, it, it's, it's, it's all over the place, man. You know, you don't have a unified title. You don't have your champion there. Um, and for, you know, to make him unified... Like he supposedly is, you would have thought he would have been there every week on both shows. Um, he didn't show up on Raw with Tweedledee and Tweedledum this past Raw. He was nowhere to be seen tonight. And so I I don't know. Can't tell you we're there, to be honest with you. I don't know. So if this is the way we're going, well then I guess you're right. This is the off season and The ass is sitting on his ass, and uh, uh, the boss is – not the boss, sorry. You know, uh, Becky Lynch is at home, I guess.
0: Okay, yeah. So in all seriousness now, and I mean we joke – we joke, we joke, we kid, we kid. But in all seriousness – We have been riding high for months on end as we were on the road to WrestleMania all the way from Royal Rumble. And Talk That Talk has been there every step of the way. And we've put in the time. We've put in the blood, sweat, and tears as well. Although we're talking that talk and they're walking that walk, we're still in the mix. And we were in the mix for the WrestleMania Raw, WrestleMania SmackDown, Hall of Fame ceremony, WrestleMania Day 1, WrestleMania Day 2, Raw after WrestleMania, or Raw after WrestleMania, SmackDown after WrestleMania. So, and begrudgingly, We are along for the ride for WrestleMania Backlash. And in all seriousness, Darren, I want your serious opinion now, uh, is that, you know, I am really disappointed. I am sincerely disappointed is that, okay, we've accepted it. You've given us this piggyback Hall of Fame off of SmackDown, which we don't appreciate. You've given us stand and deliver NXT during the day, and taken away the Saturday night that was the extravaganza owned by NXT, and really put the pressure on the WWE superstars. And Ron SmackDown on Ron SmackDown. Pardon me for WrestleMania, a one-day event, a World Cup final, a Super Bowl, a one-day event, uh, uh, not like you know a multi-day event, and we, we've. Begrudgingly, we've you and I have all, and you know, I think we've done our part. I know I'm gonna ramble on for a minute, but I want to just defer to you a couple times here so I'm not talking just forever. Uh, I do want you to interrupt. Is that uh, I do want you to interrupt? Is that you know, during WrestleMania day one and day two, we expressed our disdain, but we agreed that we were going to embrace and enjoy as it unfolded and we didn't gripe and complain and bitch and moan during WrestleMania day 1 and day 2 we accepted it for what it was and we enjoyed it did we not
2: Yeah
1: absolutely
0: right so we've done our part and we're part of the WWE universe we've done our part and then and we've also and then so keeping with that theme we bought into the backlash of WrestleMania backlash and they're not doing their part So if they want us to buy into this, like, how are they doing their part? Like, we don't have, we don't have Roman. So it's bad enough we don't have Brock Lesnar after they given him, given us him for so long. But truth be told, if we were being honest, you know, if we were betting on it, we probably all would have bet that that was going to be the case. Even though, you know, even though you don't like them or maybe you you don't want him there, you do want him there. But the point is, is that, you know, for people who want to star power, we would have bet, OK, like probably something's going to happen. He's going to, you know, drift off into the abyss. So I'm not happy with that. But if I was a betting man, fine. But Roman Reigns, hell no. I would have never guessed that he's going to do that now. And Becky Lynch, too. i got to say, Darren, I mean, I'm really, really not happy with it. Uh, because like I said, we've done our part and now like, it's not just one WWE, WWE superstar. It feels like it's a vacation right now. I I don't appreciate it. And anyway, like I could go on forever, but I mean, we're here week in and week out showing love and supporting and you know, it's not being reciprocated, man. I'm not impressed. GSP. I'm not impressed.
1: It's and, and you're not alone. Um, I, I, I'm not impressed either. I don't like the way this is going. I don't like what they're doing. Um, and I'm, and I'm not sure what, what's happening. You know, like you said, we're, we're here, we're here weekly. You know, they should be there weekly just as much as we should be. We're the WWE universe. You know, they're there for, well, they're supposed. you know, that is their livelihood. That is their thing. But at the same time, you know, if if you're the champion, you should be there. We want to see you. You know, we want to see certain superstars week out and week in. And right now we're not getting that because some of them aren't even there. We don't even know where, where Brock is, as much as I don't care personally. But we don't know where he is. I don't even know if he's coming back. Nothing's been said. So, and where does Roman go from here with, you know, the unified championships? Does he does Brock come back to face him at, at, at Backlash? You know, does he go on to somebody new? Who, what, what is next for him? We're not getting any answers because he's not there. And this is what is really, you know, downing everybody. Or, you know, and, and, and we expect him to be there, but he's not. So where do we go from here?
0: Well, and you know what? I have to say, I do appreciate and I give you respect for the fact that, yeah, again, I know we joke, is that for addressing it the way you did is that exactly like we're taking a break for a moment just of you know getting crazy which is crazy is fun and fun is what we do but yeah exactly like you know for better or for worse we love to love the people that we like and we love to hate the people that we like because if the only people on the in the wwe are people that i love i would hate the wwe yeah, i need the people i love i need the people i hate i need everybody who's an important piece in there playing their role and when they're not i'm not happy
1: no exactly and i don't think you're and you're not alone on that there's a lot of people that aren't happy about that but you know when do we get what we want will we get that it's a it's a it's a conversation that we could talk for hours on um but when are we going to get those answers is the real question
2: yeah,
0: so we shall see. I mean, uh, like... Nah.
2: And,
1: and, and, and to your point about we've been here, we've been doing this, um, we are... This is our currently our 37th show for you and I for uh, WWE Talk That Talk. It's impressive.
0: And I appreciate you having the count on that. It's impressive. And so what what we need to take away from this is now season one going from... After WrestleMania. So our Raw after WrestleMania, that would be, uh, sorry, the official season one, episode one. And then we'll take everything prior to that preseason. But 37 times in the mix uh, is impressive. And what I love, too, is that we're all in, right? Uh, We're all in. Uh, We're all in because... This is what we love. This is what we appreciate. We would be all in whether we were uh, online or not online. We would be on. We would be all in whether we were watching alone or watching with people. We're all in, and so it's sincere from the heart. And uh, it, you know, WWE has proven you can, if you want, take weeks off and come in and out. And we'll still be here because that's how much we love the WWE. But it certainly is disheartening when you know you can do it and you take advantage of the opportunity rather than just knowing that you could do it and appreciating that much love is out there in the WWE universe and you would never take advantage of in that way and you're going to give us something week in and week out and then, you know, I know people need time off or what have you, like in the real world as far as but fuck the real world. This is wrestling, man. This is the wrestling business all the generational wwe superstars that we've known and loved over the years they did not have any time off and they paid the price for it but that's why they're going down in the history books Hulk Hogan, Macho Man Randy Savage, I mean, I could go on and on, Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, John Cena, blah, 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 The Undertaker, of course, and forgive me, I know I leave him out, is that, uh, you know, these are people that in their prime, which is what Roman Reigns is right now, and I love Roman Reigns, but there's no time off here, they're there permanently until it's over. Despite the wear and tear on their body and their family life. And I'm not saying I agree or disagree, but this is the price they pay. And this is why they are the icons. So when we, when, when the history books are written and we all debate on who, our favorites are, or who's on Mount Rushmore, or who are the greatest of all time, or who are the generational stars and what have you. I don't want to see these guys coming on here and girls coming on here and pissing and bawling about saying that, well, they should be given more respect. No, like you got to really lay it on the line. How long? Forever, eternally, until it completely, completely is derailed. And even then, we want more. Case in point, The Undertaker, time and time again. Case in point, Stone Cold at WrestleMania Dallas, almost a decade removed. We always want more, and the true ones always deliver. That's why, to me, The Rock leaves something to be desired. I know I ride The Rock hard, but, you know, uh, he needs to get it he he leaves something to be desired. John Cena has disappeared for quite some time, but to me, John Cena didn't have the rock and stone cold he didn't have cena versus someone john cena carried everything for a long time on his own and there was just as many people who hated john cena as loved john cena i know i'm completely off the rails right now but the thing that disappoints me is that if you want us to buy into this like never-ending wrestlemania train and whatever direction you're going and just keep swallowing everything that you're feeding us at the very least continue to give us the people we know and love or know and hate you can't just feed us nonsense
1: no absolutely there. there you can't be feeding us nonsense and uh, I just hope very soon that it comes to an end and we get what we want because we deserve it you know and like you said we're here in and out every week and uh, we expect them to be just the same so all we can do is hope and pray and uh go from there, but just before we do move on, um, I know this is a little sidetracked here, but I do want to uh, just announce one thing from WWE that happened this week um, so the WWE has announced uh, the other day there that on September 3rd um, there will be a WWE's first UK stadium show in 30 30- years. It will be happening on September 3rd. It is going to be a pay-per-view and it is at the Principality Stadium in Cardiff, Wales. And uh, I'm very excited for this. Um, WWE has has said that over 59,000 fans have registered for tickets to the show and I believe it is April 12th when uh, the pre-sale does start. So I'm excited for this. The stadium looks huge, um, and I feel like it's going to be a very entertaining show come September and uh, good on the UK for getting the WWE back there in a big way like they have uh, with this new pay-per-view coming in September.
0: Absolutely, I appreciate you mentioning that. Yes, so I mean, you know, it's certainly a global brand. And the UK in general, you know, are passionate sports fans. It's going to be a magnificent show. I know you sent me offline. My apologies for not responding. I was a little bit all over the place this week. But you sent me a picture of, hey, it's a boni serial, uh with that announcement. And uh, I'm looking forward to everybody on that side of the world. Obviously, it's a global brand. So everybody from every uh, nook and cranny of the world enjoys all WWE superstars. But it's always something special when it's from your neck of the woods. And it might not necessarily be exactly where you were born and raised, but somewhat, you know, in the vicinity of your neck of the woods. So I'm looking forward to everybody from that side of the world really, really getting a special moment. You know, I'm sure they got chills just even thinking about it. And there's nothing there. I mean, and you and you and I are both master soccer fans. There is nothing. There's nothing in the history of North American sports. Nothing. You can go to the most raucous Super Bowl. I was at the backflip game. You can go to all these insane moments in history. There's nothing. You could add up all of the insane moments in North American sports history and their rabid fan bases, and then you could not even stack them up, in my opinion, against the top 10 moments. And you could take, let's just take top 10 regular season EPL crowds top 10 though regular season in my opinion would trump any North American crowd in any scenario ever in the history of sports do we agree on that by a, by a fucking landslide absolutely. right so it's going to be bonkers yep, yep, let me ask you this is it where Cardiff plays yep. that I don't know is that is that where they play or no
1: um no, I don't play So
0: much. who who plays in the stadium? Or does anyone play in the stadium? There must someone must.
1: Um Cardiff Cardiff uh, the soccer stadium does uh just plays at Cardiff City Stadium.
0: Yeah, which has to be like, you know, what? Uh 30,000 or something? Like, it has to be smaller, right? Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, Maybe not even 30. It holds uh, 33,280 people,
0: Cardiff City Stadium. Cardiff City, okay, it's fair enough, yeah, I figured it was in that range. So, who, who play, is this a new stadium, or who plays in the stadium, or what was this built for? Uh, like, you know, forgive me, I haven't looked it up, I'm not, for, like, I don't know. When you um, said the capacity, I assumed it wasn't Cardiff City, but I thought I'd throw it out there. It just it seemed big for Cardiff City, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, well, exactly, right. But I think it's just like there's so many fans that want to go to it. It could be very interesting to see. Um,
0: but is there some is there some team or that it normally uh, hosts, or is it just sort of a multi-purpose like you know concert, uh, just event type
1: of stadium? So it's it's the it's the um, it's the home stadium for the Welsh national soccer team.
0: Okay, fair enough. Wow. And that's the main purpose. Like, that's the, that's why it was built?
1: That's basically it is. Wow. Yeah. That's what it's for. And it holds 74,500 people.
0: Wow. For the record, I fucking hate Gareth Bale. I'm just saying. Go Spurs and go back. Nothing warmed my heart more than when... First of all... I was disgusted when Gareth Bale went to Madrid and he was given what I felt was a a bigger extravaganza than Cristiano Ronaldo, the greatest of all time. And there was nothing that warmed my heart more as savage as it is and i love it this is like you know you go over in that side of the world uh, this is the reality of sports nothing warmed my heart more than when gareth bale was leaving uh was leaving the stadium and get his car was getting pelted by batteries uh with batteries by the fans and he pissed and bawled and then complained and everything fuck off gareth
2: bale
1: and just a, just a side note for this this uh, this uh, this stadium, Ed Sheeran, um, who is a fantastic singer and performer, has three shows in May, all sold out um, at this stadium.
0: Wow, three three shows, seven thousand, two hundred and ten thousand, almost a quarter of a million people in the span of three days. Yeah, uh, you know I, I don't hate Ed Sheeran. I'm not... No, I, I, I love them. I've seen them twice myself. Oh, oh. Really? where? At, at Roger yes. Center.
1: No, at Scotiabank, I've seen them twice.
0: I know we're a little bit off track now, but we're having fun, man. So, uh, yep. yeah, first of all, there's there's not many people, you know, it, it, case in point, there's only a handful of people that have ever sold out to Rogers Centre back-to-back. Like, when people come to the Rogers Centre, first of all, just to come to the Rogers Centre is... Uh, you know, you're a one-off. Then, if you come to the Rogers Center and you perform two nights in a row, back-to-back, then you are, you know, you're one of very few legendary acts. Uh, Justin Bieber did it. Taylor Swift did it. U2 did it. I was at the U2 concert. Um, What what are those guys' names with... uh, uh, I can't remember now. The guy, they had the... the the last it was a tour where it was all these colors and stuff it was like some kind of color tour like with all these splash of colors and they sing the song Fix Me which I love who is that?
2: Uh, yeah I forget but they did too
0: so the point is is that for Ed Sheeran to be able to sell out even though it's over on that side of the world and that's where he's from still three shows in a row quarter of a million people is ridiculous Uh, my daughter's graduation from high school uh, just as a friend so of course you know that uh, you know where I'm at right and then on the rooftop uh, you know I'm grateful for it great view of the CN Tower so my daughter and her friend wanted to take some of some of their graduation pictures on the rooftop with the CN Tower in the background. So great, you know, her family came over, my daughter and I went out, we took all kinds of pictures, blah, blah, blah. And this was actually during the day. So I was working and I just took a couple hours off and I had to go back to the office. So as I did and saw my daughter off and her friend, then, um, and circled back later, they were leaving the condo and, uh... My fr- my daughter's friend. My daughter likes Ed Sheeran, but not like this girl. The other girl, her friend, was as a massive Ed Sheeran fan. It's like, oh my gosh, it's Ed Sheeran, and he was standing across the street with one person uh, doing who knows what. He was here performing, and uh, but f- for some reason, he was standing across the street. And my daughter and her friend went over and got all these graduation pictures taken with Ed Sheeran, if you can believe it, across the street from the condo. Pretty wild story.
2: Yeah, that is
1: that is. That is crazy. I would, uh, I would have died to have seen to have seen him just standing across the street. Um, but to be honest with you, though, to see him live is is spectacular. Um, so I highly recommend if anybody go wants to go go see him. He puts on one hell of a show, and as we all know, it's him, his guitar, and his foot pedal. I don't know the name of it. His foot pedal thing. And uh, it's fantastic to watch.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it is. And, you know, just one other note before we move on is that, you know, my daughter and I go to the MMBAs every year. We've gone for, I don't know, forever, 15 years. However, I, I have no idea. I want to say 15 years, maybe however long it's been going on. And when he first came on the scene, he performed in the Much Music studio. Everyone performs outside, but he was brand new. Ed Sheeran, he performed in the Much Music studio when he was brand new, right? That's when we saw him? Yeah, so so he performed inside in the studio, and he did a song, uh, exactly like you said, just with his guitar, and uh, it was phenomenal.
1: Absolutely, yeah. No, it is. So if you ever get a chance to go see him, please go see him. It is fantastic. But we're going to move on, and we're going to get back on to what the show is really about, and that is the WWE. So, we're gonna get on to the next match, would be Naomi versus Rhea Ripley. Um, of course, we know that Sasha did lose to Liv Morgan last week on SmackDown. Um, so it goes to commercial. We do come back and, uh, we get where we find out that Adam Pearce, of course, informs Riddle that he will face a Jimmy Uso tonight. And, um, of course, you know, the match was alright You know, Naomi and Rhea um, You know, both Liv and Sasha At the side uh, It was an okay match um, Of course, yet again uh, The tag team champions Fall again So this is both our tag team champions Fall to You know Another team um, As Rhea picks up the victory tonight um, And so this is Two weeks in a row now they've done it And so, you know these guys are looking pretty strong going into this coming Monday night for the uh, the women's tag team title match. Um, so Naomi and, and Sasha better be careful because Rhea and Liv are not messing around. And I think they've come together a little bit more better now after Rhea's little uh, hissy fit, you can say, in the ring once they lost uh, two weeks ago on Monday Night Raw.
0: But what is the point of all of this? What is the point of all of this? And and if I may, let me just pause for one moment, if I may. One moment, okay, please? Absolutely. Thank you.
1: And uh, as he pauses and does his business, we will continue on about Naomi and Rhea. Listen, Rhea Ripley, Liv Morgan, they're a very strong team, but they're not as strong as Sasha and Naomi are. And I think you have to realize that, you know... If these two can't win separately, how are they going to manage as a team? I don't think they're going to last very long, Naomi and Sasha. I don't think they're going to be team champions for very long. They don't... I don't think they've got the chemistry to do it, and their egos are too big to be champions and a tag team for too long. So I think, you know, if it's not this week on Raw... Maybe a Backlash if they are defended. I do, I, I do believe that Sasha and Naomi will definitely, definitely lose this championship uh, at some point in the near future. I don't think they will have a very long run. I don't think they have it in them to have a very long run. And I think both of them know that they need to be on their own fighting for singles championships and not tag team championships.
0: Yeah, so uh, sorry to go MIA for a second. Sorry to go MIA for a second here.
2: Uh,
0: so what I would say about this is that why are we getting this? What what why are we getting individual? Why are we getting individual opponents? So this goes back to my situation where I was saying is that Sasha Banks might as well turned on Naomi to begin with is that even though if they got love for each other, then if we're going to have to deal with this nonsense, then what's the point? You know, and Naomi versus... uh, Ironically enough, I'm watching this now. Naomi versus Rhea Ripley, right? Which is what we got, right?
1: Yes, that's what we got.
0: And I mean, you know, this individual matchup is, you know, prior to this tag team that I'm not a fan of... You know, I'm trying to fit a square peg in a round hole to be honest and say like, oh, yeah, like I I love Sasha Banks and I love Naomi, which I do. But I don't like the tag team. It's not. We got to be honest, man. This is this is not a fit. It's not. I don't care what anybody says. It's not a fit for me. There's not. And I love both of them. Of course, I love Sasha Banks more, but I love Naomi. I've been saying I've, lo- I've loved Naomi for a long, long time and how great of an athlete she is and how great of a wrestler she is. And I was really happy when she kind of, you know, found her groove and Feel the Glow. And then it kind of was all too much at one point. It went overboard. But the point is, is that we talk about this time and time and time again about Rhea Ripley and, and uh, what's it called there?
1: Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan?
0: No, the match, the, the, the Rear Ripley. Oh, the gauntlet yeah. match, Yeah, we, we, we talk about this gauntlet match time and time again, right? The 44 minutes. And, and then we talk about Naomi coming in, and we talk about the battle, and then, you know, both of them are fantastic, and it's a great rivalry. More belts, not less belts. More belts, not less belts. There's no vested interest in, in all these rivalries when there's no belts on the line. You have to have end goals not just a merry-go-round of matches so number one no i don't like this tag team i love both of them but i don't like the tag team and then we're getting individual matches where it's like it apparently the wwe doesn't like the tag team either if you're giving us this you know and then what are we going to see we're going to see Liv morgan and uh well we're going to see rhea ripley turn on Liv morgan at wrestlemania backlash and then are we going to see Sasha turn on Naomi like a call for at WrestleMania Backlash as well? And then they're both going to just go their separate ways. Who knows? But the point is, is that, you know, I don't appreciate any of it. We need more belts, not less belts. We need a Raw and SmackDown heavyweight intercontinental. Here's what we need. Raw, SmackDown, heavyweight, both brands. Intercontinental, both brands. Uh, I've... I, I am done with the United States Championship. I have no use for it. We need a second belt, whatever it's called, not the United States Championship. I don't, and even though I've alluded to this a couple of times before, United States versus the world, I don't like it. I don't like it. Like we're looking, we're trying to have, you know, we're trying to embrace and everyone. Listen, we're all here together, man. We're on the same team. So, I love sports, I love competition, I love everything else, but that type of geographical, you know, conflict, I'm not here for. There's enough of that in the real world that that creates enough dissension that we don't need to perpetuate it in the things that we know and love, that we're having fun with. So... Uh, and that's nothing against the United States. The United States, you know, uh, we're grateful to be uh, where we are. We're grateful to be aligned with the United States. We're grateful just to be on this earth like everybody else. We're off-the-hook studios or in Toronto and Ontario and in Canada. But the point is, is that it's not a knock on any country. It's that we're all here together. But I do appreciate the fact that, you know, the United States title is another title in addition to the intercontinental title. I just don't think it should be, you know, a geographical title. So whatever that is maybe something we can take away and chat about so another title so you got two more on the go and a 24 7 title uh, on each brand which can be injected into pop culture and so so uh, my point is is that we're, we're, we're being led down this path where we didn't want why well, didn't want a tag team in Sasha and Naomi. We got it. And it's being taken away from us as soon as it was given to us. And then inevitably, the way that they're rolling it out, it's going to be taken away from us again at uh, Wrestlemania Backlash. When ironically enough, Naomi and Rhea Ripley is a great rivalry. We saw that at the gauntlet match. And that's when you need more belts on the line. I could go on about this for hours, man. It's just a travesty of justice on all fronts. With We need more belts not less belts.
1: All right, we're gonna move on, and we're gonna go to a recap of um, Madcap Moss and uh, Happy. Oh, Cold. I thought.
0: Hold on a second here. So we're not referring to uh, Butch as Butch. We're calling him Pete Dunn. I'm personally referring to uh, Walk with Elias and not Ezekiel. And then, so we certainly can't give Madcap Moss his props. Is that that's what Shabby, Brendan Shabb?
1: as you as you uh, please as you uh, request I was Shabby here against uh, Baron Corbin uh, last week and their whole breakup catastrophe thing that went on and then we go into the back with an interview with, with Baron Corbin um, and he seems to think that you know he can he can he's going to be able to beat down and give him a beatdown of his life. And he's going to get one tonight, he says, um, in his match. So we go through there. And then we get to an interview with Mad... Oh, sorry, with Shabby. Um, with Drew Gulak. Um, Drew Gulak tonight was an interviewer tonight. He was doing the interviewing. And uh, Michael Cole or Pat McAfee, if he one of the two, made a comment saying that he was trying to get into the commentary team alongside of them so we may not be getting a woman we may be getting drew gulak
0: you couldn't have said anything more disturbing to me tonight not you meaning that not you're saying it but you couldn't have relayed more disturbing news to me tonight other than that i didn't see that i can't believe that i'm disgusted with that and then on two fronts, on all fronts, but two fronts. One, I've been calling for a third person and a woman for eons. And then two, who the fuck is Drew Gulak and what the fuck is he doing even involved in this mix? And how does that even fit? And why are we even entertaining all of this? And it's just, I have... No tolerance for it at all. I'm not looking forward to it. I'm watching the Naomi and Rhea Ripley match as we're talking, which is a great match, by the way. And just, again, another wrestling display by both of them. But uh,
1: how do you feel about, like, Drew Gulak? Really? Well, Drew Gulak, personally, I don't have the time or the or the patience for to be honest with you. If if Drew Gulak is the clown that they're going to put on SmackDown's commentary table, they're barking up the wrong tree here. I don't think it's going to work. Um, I'm going to have to look into more of Drew Gulak personally, just to find out, because he was, of course, you know, a wrestler. He was part of NXT at one point. He was in 205 Live at one point, And we haven't heard of him, from him in a while. So, clearly there's something more to him as to why he's transitioning into the interviewing people and or to the commentary table. I'll get us more details on that. But I don't think it's going to work personally, and I and I think it's a complete waste of time to do that. Um, if you're going to add somebody to the commentary table, add somebody that is going to bring something more to the table than what Drew Leck Drew Gulak is ever going to be able to bring. Um, And I think it's a waste of time if if it does go happen, if it does happen.
0: Yeah, and and don't get me wrong. I mean, I I quite, I don't know if I quite enjoy, but I didn't mind Drew Gulak in NXT in 205 Live. I didn't mind him at all. But A, I want a woman on the table and so there should be. It just, it, it blows my mind that it's not a foregone conclusion. And two, like you're you, you you're operating a sport where there are men and women and but yet you only have like it's the same way is that if both Raw and Smackdown were all women on the commentary table that wouldn't make any fucking sense how could you have that when you have half men and half women you, so why would you have all women on the commentary table wouldn't make any fucking sense and by the same token it doesn't make any sense the other way around so that's the first problem the second problem is, is that you know All of the people that have forged their way in commentary, like, and we're going with Drew Gulak? Like he's a wrestler, right? And even if he's decided to transition into a commentator, what about people who have been commentating all along? And, you know, to your point, I don't think it's going to work either. I don't like it. I don't like it. Maybe they're going to bring him in for Pat McAfee to smack the shit out of him or try to, and then Drew Gulek smacks the shit out of him. I don't know, but I don't like it. It makes no sense to me. I haven't seen the segment yet. So I, I guess I'm looking forward to it just for information, but, um, uh, I don't understand any of this stuff, Darren, as far as this doesn't make any sense to me uh, in any way, shape or form.
1: No, it doesn't make sense to you and it doesn't make sense to me either. I don't know what's going to happen. I hope it doesn't come true at all. Um, but, you know, only time will tell what they do from this thing. So we're going to move on and we've got uh, Wasabi versus Umberto Curio, of course um, and uh, of course we got the kiss cam tonight which we know is a, a big thing for, for you and I the kiss cam is always fantastic you know the lucky lady that gets a, a kiss on uh, both cheeks from Los Lotharios is always fantastic and um, you know what uh, Washabi, as much as you know we don't have the time or the patience for him he really dominated that match. And uh, Umberto really really got his ass kicked in there tonight. Um, he's got some good strength to him. And I think Cappy Corbin, Baron Corbin, Mad Corbin, Sad Corbin, whatever you want to call him. Um, if it ever comes to a match between the two of them, I think you better be ready because um, he, he truly dominated that match tonight. He got the win, of course. And um, he, he he's... He's not to be to be messed around with for sure.
0: We're talking about what he's not to be messed around with.
1: It, when you watch this match, which I know you will get to eventually, yeah. you will see what how dominant he was tonight against yeah. Umberto.
0: Well, here's the thing is that I hear you and like you know as much as it pains me to say it, you know I know that um, I know that he's powerful right and uh, we certainly know that it bothers me to even acknowledge it but we know that he is uh, but what also disappoints me is that Umberto you know might not be as powerful per se but he's no walk in the park and both uh, who, who's the other half of, uh, of uh, Los Lotharios? Humberto and um, Angel Garza. Both phenomenal Garza. technical wrestlers and big boys in their own right. And yeah, shout out Ravishing Rick Rude for uh, sparking the Kiss Cam. I don't think Rick Rude, Ravishing Rick Rude, might have been the first one to sort of go that route. But shout out Rick Rude, Ravishing Rick Rude, and uh, thoughts and prayers with his family and friends.
1: Didn't, wasn't it the great Khali that started that back in the day?
0: No, had to be before now. Maybe so. Maybe you're right about the quote-unquote kiss cam. He might have started, but uh, you know, uh, Ravishing Rick Rude was the one. Like Ravishing Rick Rude was 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 on the scene. Officer on the scene, officer on the scene. Long before the great Kelly, and uh, just a uh, so no, I mean, but the great Kelly might have introduced the actual kiss cam, but ravishing Rick Rube was you know shouting out the lovely ladies in the crowd. Just a, a word to the wise for the callers. This is talk that talk, the official fan reaction show before and after every WWE Raw, SmackDown, and Pay Per View, and you know so. The heart and soul of the show is the WWE Universe. That being said, you know, we find our way through like everyone else does as we, you know, embark on a new journey. And in the beginning, you know, we were all too quick to just bring in and just so anxious to bring in anyone that was willing to speak. And, oh, wow, like someone's listening and they want to talk. And that's great. And uh, let's bring them in. And then, you know... Uh, Lo and behold, you find, and this is the world, and I don't begrudge anyone. You know, there's seven and a half billion people in the world. Lo and behold, there's people in the world who just live to come on and, and, you know, talk nonsense or, or be ignorant or whatever the case may be for no other reason than their own insecurities. And but, you know, that's that's part of that's part of being out in the mix. I say all that because without babbling on forever, you know, any normal call-in radio show, there's a producer, there's screening calls, and they're doing a Q&A before you can even get on the air. That I don't agree with either. But when you're coming on the show, we go segment by segment and we're going to isolate some questions we're going to introduce, sorry as we isolate each each segment we're going to start introducing questions per segment to pose to the WWE universe, and if you have something to contribute, you can weigh in in the comments, and then as you weigh in in the comments, then we'll bring callers in as we see fit when we know that like, if you want to come on here and say you know, you guys are talking fucking nonsense and I completely disagree and drop f bombs, no problem, but You know, when you don't have your, if your icon is not a picture of yourself, fuck off. If your name is not your own name, fuck off. If you're not dropping comments in there that are relevant to what we're doing and you haven't watched the show, fuck off. And we're, uh, we're, we want everyone involved. And uh, again, in a perfect world, everyone will be chatting together, but we're not in desperation mode over here. Like, let's not get confused, people. We're good. We're having a good time, we're enjoying ourselves, and we would love nothing more than a non-stop barrage of people coming in and out to give their opinion. I, could, I couldn't care less about how many people are listening or aren't listening, but what I could care about is that how many people contribute because, you know, I'd love to know what everyone thinks, but we're not uh, like all these people surfing around looking to come in. We live and learn. We learned our lesson and we're moving on. I just thought I'd inject that. And uh, now going back to Los Lotharios. Yes, we're all here for a good kiss cam, And uh, I-, I love Los Lotharios. Good vibes. But that's a tough matchup. I'm looking forward to that match, actually. I can't stand with Shabby hate everything about him but to your point you know he's he's a powerhouse we've seen that before and i mean so that gives us a, a window into why he's still kicking and he's still in the mix but you know umberto is a you know i'd like to hear your thoughts on this Darren. Is that umberto is first of all he's not a slouch a- and also he's a very good technical wrestler as well and i quite enjoy both umberto and angel garza as far as from a wrestling perspective like they're solid wrestlers man
1: Oh, for sure! No, they are fantastic wrestlers. Uh, don't get me wrong; they the the technical side of them is fantastic. The way they wrestle in the ring, you know, on the ropes and everything like that—all their moves are fantastic. They 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 do what they do very well. Um, and and there is a, you know, I think they're going to do very well in the future within WWE. Um, so. You know, but just like you said, this matchup isn't very key to see how well they are going to be because, of course, Washabi is a lot bigger. He is he is very dominant, and he was tonight, like you like you will see. Um, but no, they are they are very good. They're a very good team. They're very good wrestlers, and we've seen that in a lot of matches. For example, the one against the New Day a few weeks ago, or about a month ago on SmackDown, um, they gave both teams gave one hell of a match between the two of them and uh, that is one match that has stuck with me for a while
0: <laughs> yeah it pains me to say I agree it does pain me to say I mean he put on a display you know Washabi put on a, a physical display of you know brute strength and I mean he's jacked among, uh, among men who are jacked he's jacked you know like now, let's not get crazy. He's not Brock Lesnar. But the point is, is that, you know, when we talk about Brock Lesnar in any world that he's lived in, wrestling, NFL, uh, UFC, uh, WWE, he's one of these guys where you're like, you know, the guy It literally is a beast among men. You know, he literally looks different than everybody else. And everyone's jacked. And Washabi is not Brock Lesnar. And I hate Washabi. And Brendan Shabi out there, not like, No use for your jokes, but he is jacked and he he has brute strength, dare I say. And again, he's not I'm not comparing to Brock Lesnar and I hate Washabi, and I'm not comparing him to who I'm about to mention. But do you remember one person that came on the scene on the scene that, you know, sort of came out of nowhere, was loved and hated and was big? And was jacked among guys that were jacked, but everyone said that he was the strongest guy in the WWE locker room. Everyone said that for a long, long years and years and years. Do you remember who that was?
1: Not at this particular moment, no. John Cena.
0: Now, again, Washabi is not John Cena. I'm talking about, though, strength is that, you know, when John Cena came on the scene, like, as you know, you know, he had to find his way as well. But one of his quote-unquote claims to fame was that behind the scenes, they said that, like, he was the strongest guy in the locker room. And I have no idea if Washabi is, but, you know, to your point, uh, as far as his brute strength goes, I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the conversation. And again, that's why he's kicking. But as he exists now, can we agree as he's presented to us as Madcap Moss, whatever the fuck that is, and, and this whole shtick, there's no future as it is the way it is now. It, maybe if there's a twist and turn, I have no idea. But as it is now, there's no future like this, I don't think, anyway.
1: No, definitely not. Not as not as this character of Madcap Moss, whatever the fuck that is, like you said. Um, things have to change for him. They're going to have to as much as I hate when they do that, they're going to have to change his name. They're going to have to change his his persona in some way, sh- some shape, way, form. Um, and, and, and completely give him a different character or whatever um, for him to be successful because whatever this is that he's doing right now is not going to keep him in the WWE for very long. and and it, And it's going to be a shame because I think he could turn out very well. I don't think he's... You know, major championship. Uh, you know, a contender for that, but I think he could do very well, but not in a, not in this certain role that he's in currently as Madcap Moss, whatever the fuck that is.
0: Yeah, we agree on that. And on a side note, uh, two things I want to mention, if I may. How are you for time? Okay.
1: Yes, I'm good for time.
0: Okay, so two things I want to mention. One. Oh, oh uh i just saw drew Gulak, and yeah i mean this guy's full-fledged he's full-fledged suit and tie on route to the desk that is just a colossal error it, it, like, anyway i'm not gonna go on forever it's wrong and it's not about oh like you need to give someone a chance no it's not about giving anyone a chance there's a there's This is a a men's sport and a women's sport. And there needs to be men and women on the desk. And there's not. And on top of that, there needs to be talented people on the desk. So before we even get to men and women, Jimmy Smith is fucking useless on Raw. Useless. So... Second thing I'll mention is that as they're going, I just saw Saskatoon on the screen. Did we get any Toronto love tonight uh, on any house shows coming through Toronto for this next wave of house shows this evening, did we get anything? Wow, what's going on here, man? I wonder wonder if we get one before WrestleMania back. So I wonder if we get one before WrestleMania backlash, number one, and number two, like, where's our pay? Like, you know, we were left off the pay-per-view slate for a long time, why? Who knows? And this has not, I'm talking pre-COVID. We've been left off the pay-per-view slate for a long time. And then we finally got, then all of a sudden we got Survivor Series. We got SummerSlam. We got NXT TakeOver. Uh, we got the Raw and the SmackDown. So, you know, where's our love?
1: I, um, as you say that, I looked into uh, WWE dates and events happening. They're not actually coming to Canada Until October um, is when we're getting those shows. Um, And as of right now, uh, we are not listed as one of them coming. So as of yet, we're not getting anything up until October.
0: And how does that make sense? We're the fourth. So there is no Canada and, and United States as far as it goes. And no, this is not directed at you. This is just a me on a side note, is that when we talk about Canada versus the United States, there are many things that are different. But we're talking just city for city. We're the fourth largest city in North America. You're talking New York, L.A., Chicago, Toronto. So the only debate is some people might debate, never mind, every person that lives in the United States, I dare them to dispute this, is that, okay? uh, close your eyes. If Canada and the United States were all one country, the only other city other than New York, L.A. or Chicago, that people in this one conglomerate of a country would possibly want to live in before they want to live in Toronto would be Miami because of the weather. So we're the fourth largest city in North America, not to mention is i I believe I could be incorrect, but I believe I'm correct. The fourth largest media outlet in North America. And on top of all of that, on a side note for sports, You know, not to mention that we have every team except the NFL, which is on route. But the point is, is that for, you know, sports that don't have to come here, but come here voluntarily, specifically the WWE. And then later on in life, UFC boxing has evaded us, you know, over the years, which is unfortunate. But, you know, we did have George Shavala, Muhammad Ali. But the point is, is that look at the two WrestleManias that we had, you know, Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior. And then uh, Hulk Hogan and The Rock, never mind. It wasn't about the WrestleMania. The environment at the Rogers Center, because it was Toronto, and because of the crowd that Toronto presents, because we we marched the beat of our own drum, is that, of course, we were cheering for Hogan. Everyone thought that everyone was going to cheer for The Rock. Is that, that, anyone can Google it. That is arguably one of, if not the best WrestleMania atmospheres of all time right
1: yes absolutely
0: so i lost you there man i'm pouring my heart and soul out here you're
1: not no i was talking uh, and uh, the mute button didn't uh, didn't go off
0: sorry oh okay you kind of gave me a complex over here um, so it's like yeah so the, the point is is that you know we show up and show out we sell out and uh not only that like 10 10 10 10 We give you, even most recently, we gave you that. Like, we're involved, we're engaged. Give us some love. We should be, in my opinion, Darren, I mean, you know, like, in my opinion, and I know, you know, so I know New Orleans is infamous for hosting Super Bowls, and I know that that city is just equipped, and I know, you know, based on proximity to uh, Los Angeles and and all the California cities is that, you know, and the weather is that it's a sought-after situation for pay-per-views. And Dallas, of course, speaks volumes because of their new stadium. And then New York, of course, MSG. But the point is, is that, you know, Rogers Center, you know, when a ring is in there, it's 60,000 capacity, something in that range, 60 to 63. If it's in the summer, the roof can pop off and we can host it in the winter with the roof on. And our crowd rivals any crowd in the world. We're diehard wrestling fans. Some of the most monumental Wrestle- WrestleMania moments of all time have happened in this city. And we should be getting, I believe, one of the top four pay-per-views every year. And if anyone would disagree with that, we should at least be getting a pay-per-view per year, per calendar year, in my opinion. And it's disappointing when we
1: don't. Absolutely. We should be definitely getting a pay-per-view or top four pay-per-view each year, for sure. Um, it's a shame we don't, and I would love to know why we don't. I don't think we'll ever get that answer, but it would be nice to find out. And to your point, um, when WrestleMania was here back in 2002, the it, it is the record attendance um, for anything at Rogers Centre with 68,237 people.
0: Like, that was Hulk Hogan and The Rock, right? Yes. Yeah, and, and anyone who is a wrestling fan, totally unbiased. Yes, this is Talk That Talk provided by Off The Hook, and our studio is downtown Toronto. However, I challenge anybody, I'm assuming everyone has seen it, and those who haven't, forget the entire WrestleMania Anybody who YouTubes The Rock versus Hulk Hogan, what WrestleMania was that, Darren? Eighteen. At WrestleMania eighteen, yes. Toronto, Rogers Center, two thousand two. You said?
1: Correct. March seventeenth, 2002. Chills,
0: Darren. Chills. You don't even have to watch the whole match. You watch. You watch the entrances. And then the crowd before Hogan and Rock even engaged in physical contact and shut it off. Don't even watch anymore. And that alone seals the deal. I get chills thinking about it. I've watched that so many times. I mean, that is the epitome of wrestling for me.
2: Yeah,
1: no, it, 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 it is. I have watched it myself. And it is, it is insane on how, what the atmosphere is like just for all of, for that match in general. And like you said, you don't even have to watch the match. If you just watch that beginning part, you will understand exactly what's happening and how it goes. Um, Because it is a fantastic, fantastic atmosphere. And like you said, they should be coming back here more often than they do for pay-per-views, for sure.
0: Sorry, sorry. one other thing before we move on. You know what I love about Talk That Talk? Is that you know we give our initial reaction as soon as the show goes off air albeit raw smackdown or a pay-per-view and then we go through every segment unprecedented however we're passionate we love wrestling and we pour our heart and soul into this and then you know so far since we began the show this evening you know we've run the whole gamut right we're talking about the uk we're talking about the atmosphere in Europe. We're talking about UK fandom versus North American fandom. We're talking about Real Madrid. We're talking about uh, we're talking about uh, Ed Sheeran. We're talking about concerts. We're talking about graduations. We're talking about WrestleManias. We're talking about Toronto versus other North American cities. We're all over the place. I love it.
1: Absolutely can't can't go wrong with what we what we have done tonight. You know, as much as we do try and stay on track, sometimes you go off track, and it's always entertaining to see where it leads to, for sure. So we're going to move on, and we're going to go to Charlotte Flair in the back. She of course barges into Adam Pearce's office and demands an answer as to why or who, sorry, accepted the match between her and Ronda Rousey at Backlash in an I Quit match. Um, she doesn't get that answer due to the fact that Drew Gulak then interrupts um, and walks in because he wants an evaluation on his first interview that he, of course, had with uh, with Shabby um, where Charlotte says, you know, if you want a true evaluation, how about you interview a real superstar like me? Um, and that's where it leads us to um, is in the ring, um, with an interview with Drew Gulak, with Charlotte Flair. Um, and as Charlotte likes to put it, she at, at WrestleMania, she was saving Ronda Rousey, and last week she was saving Ronda Rousey by not accepting this match, um, due to the fact that she believes that she will beat Ronda Rousey, she will make Ronda Rousey tap. Um, but the only thing, you know, Drew did ask her a question, and I thought that was really bizarre how he says, Well, you did tap. And her answer was, I was fixing my bra. And I'll be honest with you, I don't wear one. Um, thank God for that idea. Um, in any way, shape, <laughs> or form,
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you very much, kind <laughs> sir. Um, uh, no, hold
0: on. I need a proper. I need a proper. I need a proper thank
1: you sorry my apologies uh, thank you um, but I do know for a fact that fixing your bra does not include you tapping on a surface like she did at Wrestlemania so her, her whole thing about while well, I was fixing my bra and all that I, I take that as pure bullshit um, and I'm not all for it. So she can she can go around giving the excuse that she was fixing her bra. I don't care, I'm not falling for it, I never will. And uh and then she of course goes on to attack Drew Gulak and puts him in the figure eight, and uh they've gotta get the refs and people from the back to come out and stop her. So um I'm not a huge fan of Charlotte, I never will be. Um Uh, and I say this every time and I will continue to say it she gets what she gets because of her daddy and that's Shane do you have anything to add
0: if by anything you mean everything yes indeed so first of all That's Queen Charlotte Flair to you and the rest of the WWE Universe, I may add. Drew Gulak, who the fuck is this guy? So, like, his journalistic skills, he doesn't need Charlotte Flair to evaluate it. Like, the powers that be in the WWE Universe at large, just, you know, put out the poll. It's, you know, a negative five gazillion out of a hundred. So you couldn't make it as a wrestler. And now we got to watch you wear some suit from Tip Top or Moors or wherever you're hacking it from, and then show up in the middle of the ring and have the audacity to try to even have a conversation with the Queen. She should have broke his legs. And, you know, I don't understand how the WWE justifies the Queen having to share a ring with a peasant such as Drew Gulak if that's even his real name. And this guy, I'm watching it now, ironically enough, great time. he has nerve to hold the ropes for Charlotte Flair. Like, you know, this guy is a disgusting human being. He's a failed WWE superstar. He's a degenerate. Maybe, maybe, maybe on his best day, I don't know, he can do Charlotte's laundry, make her a sandwich, go get her a coffee, you know, some of these things. So, moving forward, it's Queen Flair. Okay, this is the greatest woman's wrestler of all time. And I will say that, you know, and Drew Gulak is wearing a wedding ring too. Whoever had, has been bamboozled into entering a lifelong relationship with Drew Gulak needs their head examined ASAP Rocky, number one. Number two... Is that, you know, the train, you are right. The train has definitely left the station. Drew Gulak is en route to being in this commentary world. Hopefully not en route to going to the actual desk. But uh, I'm not here for any of it. And Darren, like I said, man, you know, a la Sheamus' commercial, Snickers. I said, if we roll into certain people, and then if we bump into Charlotte Flair, same thing. It could result in you getting the moon You know, I got to tell it like it is. When I bump into Charlotte Flair and all the disrespect you're pouring on her name, like you're you're you know you're navigating through very very treacherous waters with all of your negative energy toward like you know WWE first ballot Hall of Famers. I must say quite disturbing
1: i will forever and always stretch through those waters when it comes to certain people aka ass of the table aka i get what i get because i'm daddy aka tweedle d and tweedle dumb so or in the great and fantastic words of randy orton the bitches
0: oh it's just like someone needs to censor dangerous darren davis man he's just completely out of control shows off the rails just complete and utter madness queen charlotte
1: nope never until you show the respect and the love for drew mcintyre there will never be the love and respect for the ass, the bitches, Mr. Dick, Daddy's Girl. You know, we all know how it goes. Anyways, we're going to move on.
0: Hi, it's a bonny serial.
1: We're going to move on and we're going to go to a recap of Sammy Zayn and Drew McIntyre. Sorry,
0: just I'd like on a serious note, five seconds. I am looking forward to, and your boy, Bet. So I'm being, now I'm talking normal now. Darren, your buddy better really put on the A, they better give him a proper opponent. B, he better be the main event. And C, he better put on a show of his life, the show of a lifetime. And I'm talking about Drew McIntyre because he's the biggest star in the WWE from that neck of the woods. Sheamus is going to try to wiggle his fucking way in there, but although Sheamus has been there longer, Drew has more upside and he's the biggest star on that side of the world. Do we agree on that?
1: Absolutely, and I think that would be the perfect opportunity for him to take the ass of the table to... Claymore Country.
0: Well, now you just completely. So, uh, so I was, I was giving us a non-fiction version of what was going to go on, and then now you've turned into fucking Stephen King, Tom Clancy, you know, all rolled into one. You're giving us the fictitious version. So uh, the whole show's just gone to hell in a fucking handbasket at this stage.
1: So, so I'm putting it out there right now, September third in Cardiff at principal principal, whatever that is stadiums called Drew McIntyre the Scottish warrior against the ass of the table Roman Reigns for the unified championship fantastic I cannot wait I hope it happens and Roman better be ready because he's going to go to Claymore Country He's going to get a Glasgow kiss. And then at the end of it all, I want Drew McIntyre to hold Angela high above the, the ring with the unified championship. And just look at Roman's dead body laying there in Cardiff as the fans in Cardiff cheer Drew McIntyre as the Scottish warrior. It
0: will never happen. Roman Reigns, the big dog, it's his yard, the head of the table, the tribal chief. Acknowledge him. You will acknowledge him. Aye, it's a bonus serial. Drew McIntyre will acknowledge him. Wales will acknowledge him. Cardiff will acknowledge him. The WWE universe will acknowledge him. Darren, he is not only the people at large's tribal chief. He is your tribal chief as well. And if you will not acknowledge him, then you don't want the special counsel, the wise one to pay you a visit and let you know the repercussions that will ensue if you do not acknowledge your tribal chief.
1: Okay, let, let let's be truthful here. He is not my tribal chief. He is yours. He is everybody else's out there that has fallen under this trap of his that makes him think that he makes everybody think that he is the best in the world and he is the man of all time. No, 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 no. I don't fall for I don't know, he's got
0: both belts, man. What does that say?
1: It just says that he um, he's just there. And uh, that's it, truthfully been told. He has yet to meet Drew McIntyre, who by, we shall say, has won the champion before, has been the champion before, and, you know, he did beat Brock Lesnar, took the only person that could take out Brock Lesnar in the Royal Rumble match, may I say, then went on to face Brock Lesnar At WrestleMania to then defend to beat sorry Brock Lesnar for the championship and as we saw the previous the next night on Raw he then went on to face then WWE superstar The Big Show afterwards and defended the title then too he had two matches at WrestleMania what's Roman done no two matches at WrestleMania are we
0: so Drew McIntyre now a feather in his cap is defeating the big show who at last count is you know 987 years old? Come on, man! And like we got Roman Reigns has two the only two WWE heavyweight titles, the only two belts that matter. And Drew McIntyre, what does he have? Oh, aisle six. At the bottom shelf, a butter knife from Walmart that he's carrying around? Come on, man.
1: Let's not disrespect Angela, okay? You've already walked down that path once.
0: (laughs) So, here's the thing. I purposely did not say any names. I was talking about the physical, the physical thing that is. And I've already given my heart... And you got to give me some love for that. I've already given my heartfelt... And sincere thoughts on the representation. And, um.
1: Okay, but calling her a butter knife. Uh, oh, butter knife is not, we go. Is we not go. pleasantly a nice name to say. And no butter knife is going to cut through those ropes like he showed you at WrestleMania.
0: All I'm saying is this. Wales the UK, Europe, the entire part of the earth that lives on the other side of the water will shed many, many tears as Roman Reigns delivers the spear, the Superman punch, the one, two, three, and everyone will and shall and should and rightfully so acknowledge their tribal chief.
1: Listen, listen, listen. No one's going to acknowledge this clown, okay? Drew McIntyre, I've already told you, Drew McIntyre is walking into Cardiff. He's going to take the championships away from Roman Reigns. That's even if he's still got it by September. Okay, we're making a big if here. And then he's going to walk away quite happily. But before he does that, he's going to shove a flake in the mouth of Roman Reigns...
0: Uh, <laughs> See, why you got to go there, man? Now, now, now you just now all bets are off. Now we were we were we were throwing some playful jabs at each other. Now you've just completely just thrown caution to the wind. And now you've had to bring flakies and flakes in the whole conversation. Something near and dear to all of our hearts. Now you've just you just crossed the line, man. Cross the line.
1: Well, hey, listen, Roman Reigns needs to know what's good for him, and that's not getting acknowledged. It's eating a flake, so let's be honest.
0: <sighs> on that note, we shall say is that you are right. A lot of things can transpire between now and then. However, I think that uh, just based on our back and forth here, there's a lot to look forward to and many possible scenarios unfolding in, you said September October? September. September. And then October, November. Like So I believe it's October or November-ish that Survivor Series happens. So that'll be on the, you know, that'll be leading up to Survivor Series, I believe, right? Survivor Series normally happens November-ish?
1: Yeah, somewhere around there. All right.
2: Know. All right, all right.
1: So we're getting there, man. We're getting there, you know? Just, uh, but like I was saying, so we're going to move on to the greatest man of all times in Drew McIntyre versus Sami Zayn which I was trying to do. Um...
0: We're still talking about this clown, Drew McIntyre? We never got to the match.
1: You you went on to try and tell me that I have to acknowledge um, the ass of the table. So, you know, which I've, uh, I've said before, I will never do.
0: Um... I'm going to start daily sending messages to uh, WWE, Vince McMahon, Stephanie, Shane, Triple H, uh, fuck Drew Gulak at this stage, just letting them know that you're referring to Roman Reigns as the ass of the table. I'm going to hopefully uh, have sanctions levied against you, repercussions en route.
1: Listen, I will tweet out to Roman Reigns and personally call him... The ass of the table. I don't mind, at all. And why the fuck are you gonna send an email to Drew Gulak? <laughs>
0: I'm saying is that, you know, I, I guess I what I would say is this, is Drew Gulak is the best of both worlds for someone like myself trying to get the leg in, is that, so I have something to say, I want someone to carry the message, who's easily accessible, the biggest loser of all time, Drew Gulak, but also who can relay the message, someone who apparently is on their way up the ladder, which is disgusting to me, so he's the best of both worlds, man, that's where I'm going.
1: God, you might as well just send it to fucking
0: Green Shirt Man. He'd probably do a better job. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. Or Drew McIntyre, one or
1: the other. Hey. hey, hey, hey. Leave the Scottish warrior out of this, okay? Anyways, we're moving on to Drew and Sammy. So Sammy tries to run away again from Drew. Um, uh, you know, he uses uh tried to use Pat McAfee as a shield to get away. Um Drew of course brings him in, almost gets the uh, Claymore kick, but does give uh, give Sammy a good Glasgow kiss there. Uh and
0: um, the membrane.
1: And then Sammy does finally get away again and runs up the crowd and takes off again. So this is the second week in a row I'm not happy. Drew deserves way better than this. You know, if anybody should be facing Sammy Zane, give the ass of the table this clown. Um Because, you know, he didn't even appear tonight. So-called champion he is. Um, And uh, we'll move on. But, of course, we did find out later on. um, I don't have it written here. But we do know that next week we're getting match number three between these two. But it will be in a lumberjack match. So hopefully next week is the end of this.
0: Agreed on all fronts, but it just goes to show, first of all, like we talked about this on the pre-show, but it also goes to show how, much, how pathetic Drew McIntyre is on all fronts. Roman Reigns would never, ever, ever be involved with the likes of Sami Zayn, even though I – Hold on, hold on,
1: hold on. Uh, you, you just full-on said you agreed with me on everything, so that means you agreed with me on the fact that Roman Reigns should take on Sami Zayn.
0: No. So what I'm agreeing on is that, you know, this is nonsensical foolishness, but what I'm saying is this, and then just reiterating what was said in the pre-show, just none of this is, you know, sensible. And I'm not going to reiterate everything that we talked about in the pre-show. I know we're running late on time here. We've been talking for a little bit, but the thing is, is that Roman Reigns would never lower himself to these standards, and that's with all due respect to insane and the membrane. But I was very candid when I said in the pre-show that you know, Sami Zayn, you know, although he now when I see him too, though he's you know he's a little bit bigger than what I give him credit for at times, but because he is a similar size to Kevin Owens height-wise, and he's a bit thick, but really he's an intercontinental talent, not, you know, not worthy of the heavyweight title. So, you know, Drew, Drew McIntyre's claim to fame it, are all of his dust-ups with people that are lesser than size-wise, not talent-wise, because Sami Zayn is more talented than Drew McIntyre. Uh, But size-wise, certainly. And, you know, Drew McIntyre just, he just screams desperation to me. In fact, I think that's what I'm going to call him from now on. Desperation McIntyre, not Drew McIntyre. Desperation McIntyre. Or maybe I'm going to call him Despacito. I got to learn the words. Maybe I'm going to start singing Despacito every time I think of Drew McIntyre. Because uh, all jokes aside, it really is pathetic is that once in a blue moon, he's gifted a charity match against someone with a big name. I don't know whose palms he's greased and how many favorites he's called in once in a blue moon. But really, you know, you talk about uh, dumb is true A-lister. Here's your Z-lister. I'm just saying.
1: Listen, 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 listen. You say that, you know, Roman Reigns would never go sink as low to face Sami Zayn. Is is that what I'm hearing correctly? Yes, indeed. So so you forget that he has sunk as low as that to face Sami Zayn? But these
0: are these are like charitable donations, you know, like it's like one of these things where, you know, like every now and again, like You know, you do your part, you know, and and you're like, yeah, I'll do that solid. And then from time to time, even if you're not doing anyone a favor, you're like, well, you know, like, I was really going to take it easy tonight and just sort of, like, you know, digest the situation. It's like, well, we really need you to show up or whatever. All right, let me slap the shit out of some lowlife. Yeah, well, here's Sami Zayn. So these are the things that Roman Reigns does. He's not doing it on the come-up. He's not doing it to try to capture any type of acknowledgement, He, although you will acknowledge him. He's just doing solids for Vince from time to time and allowing the WWE universe to just, you know, see him grace him. Grace the WWE universe with his presence. These are the things. The, uh, contrary to that, Drew McIntyre is like utilizing these as like catapult matches, and he's like he thinks it means something. And there's substantial benchmarks in his career, notch on his belt. These are the different f- scenarios, right? Like these two people are living in two completely different solar systems. Aye, it's a bonnie serial.
1: But you have to remember, back on uh, December 3rd of last year, Roman Reigns defended his title against Sami Zayn. So he is, you know, he did sink as low to face Sami Zayn, no matter how you want to put it. No,
0: but I I completely disagree. uh, To your point, exactly. That was in December. This is the month of Christmas and you of all people I mean you know uh, I love Christmas is near and dear to my heart as I know it is near and dear to your heart you're counting down the day after Christmas and so am I until the next Christmas this is the month of December you know Roman Reigns you should be acknowledging him you know he was in the gift that that's a gift of giving he was in the mood and you know he's celebrating the same way you and I are you should be that should actually make you appreciate Roman Reigns more where That was his gift. I'm assuming that Roman Reigns gave a gift to everybody around him uh, starting December 1st, maybe even all 365 days of the year, but certainly from December 1st right through to the 25th and probably through to the 31st, to be honest. And that was his gift to Sami Zayn. So I'm disappointed in you, Darren, for not acknowledging that, man. I really am disappointed.
1: Listen, 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 listen. Okay, to be honest, Christmas is fantastic. It's only 254 days away to anyone listening. Um, but no, the uh, Roman Reigns not giving gifts to nobody, okay? And he should be facing Sami Zayn. That's what he deserves. And you know, you're talking about Drew McIntyre, okay? At least Drew McIntyre didn't get his ass kicked and nearly lose to Oldberg. Like your so called head of the table. Did.
0: Oldberg. did he lose to him or he almost lost to him? Ooh, Roman.
1: Roman nearly lost to him. He didn't lose to him, but he didn't look the greatest. He got his ass kicked by but What,
0: do you, call, what do you Hold on. But what do you call almost losing to someone? What was that commonly referred to in the worldwide recognition of wrestling? I
1: don't A know, win. What was it called? And, But do you understand what I'm saying, though? You know, Roman goes in to face a 90-year-old retired Hall of Famer. More charitable work by Roman. Gets his ass brutally beat. Barely, barely survives that match. Wants to call himself the head of the table. And you nearly lost to a 90-year-old Oldberg. Then you look at Drew McIntyre. Walks in against Goldberg, completely destroys him, wrecks havoc on him, takes him to Claymore country, gives him a Glasgow kiss, pins him and walks out, looking a hell of a lot better than Roman did.
0: Oh gosh, I'm going to have to, we've talked about this before, I'm going to have to get my situation organized over here, so we're going to have to have, we're going to have to settle this like real men on WWE 2K 22 that's how we're going to have to settle this
1: not a problem (laughs) I hope you come better better served than what Roman did against
0: Oldberg Uh, (laughs) Oldberg this is how we're going to have to settle this and the uh, the disrespect listen Darren in all seriousness he's the tribal chief acknowledge him
1: you know, I, I'm starting to believe you have nothing else on him other than just to acknowledge him. That's all you ever tell me.
0: I'm going to, so, you know, what I'm going to have to do, you're forcing my hands, you're backing me into a corner. So what I'm going to have to do is on one of the upcoming talk that talks, I'm going to have to take over the entire show and list off Roman Reigns accolades arguably one of the greatest of all time. And it probably will take, I don't know, 36 to 37 hours straight to be able to get through the whole list.
1: But there you have it. That's something to look forward to. You you, 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 you do that, and by 30 minutes into it, I will have been gone.
0: So that's okay. It'll be catalogued. It'll be there for you to listen to moving forward. And then the next show we can do. Actually, we don't even have to wait till the following week. Then we can do the next show after that. We'll do, uh, so, tip for tat. We'll do a talk that talk acknowledging all of Drew McIntyre's WWE accomplishments. And then, um, you know, after those 14 seconds, then we'll, then we'll go to bed. It's perfect all right everything's all good
1: why, why are we going to bed we have a show to do we can't waste so we'll, we do, can't we'll do
0: 36 work. hours to acknowledge Roman Reigns accomplishments and then we'll do a 14 second show to list off uh, Drew McIntyre's uh, accomplishments and we're good
1: listen 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 this is going to be a debate going forward for a long time and until the ass of the table meets the Scottish warrior We will never know who the true winner of this will be. But maybe, just maybe, if the ass of the table still thinks, you know, he's the highest ranking man in the entire world, is still champion of some kind come September 3rd. Maybe, just maybe, we will see then who really is the more dominant one.
0: And I'm going to tell you right now. Drew McIntyre is going to disappoint you and all of his fans come that date. Because what should happen is this. First and foremost, it should be just a litany of bagpipers lining the whole ramp first and foremost. Then it should be an insane crowd that he's already given all T-shirts or some kind of promos to everybody. And then he should have a new spin on whoever he is, which he won't. And, you know, he should really, really have his game to another level. Then he should come down, bagpipes playing. Also, a a group. I don't know. I'm just trying to spitball here now. A series of people behind him. And he should come out to wreak havoc and really cement his place in WWE history. And he won't. He's just going to come out, same old, same old. Maybe a little bit of pyro. But if I don't see, and this, I'd like your opinion on this. So... Allah, I don't know if you remember this now. You might be... I'm, I'm dating myself. I don't know if you remember this or not. Eminem came out one of the greatest Grammy performances of all time when Eminem came out to uh, perform his song and he had... There was like a million people dressed up as Eminem. Do you remember this? Iconic. One of the greatest Grammy moments of all fucking yes, time. Do. No question. So that is what i'm expecting from drew mcintyre except bagpipers i love uh the the bagpipe is a is a like i mean i've been playing the piano my whole life since i was six years old Uh, i love musical instruments the bagpipe is a very difficult uh instrument to play And uh, you have to be very dedicated and disciplined to even learn that instrument, and then to be able to do it justice. You know, it's a lifelong commitment. And he's on that side of the world, and he's a Scottish warrior. Like at the very, and I'm being serious now. At the very least, as as, even as a as a anti Drew McIntyre. But Drew McIntyre fan, if that makes sense, because I certainly wouldn't want him out of the WWE. I want him in the WWE. And uh, at the very least, I'm expecting an Eminem-esque Grammy performance entrance as far as the bagpipers go. That That's just the starting point. And I'll add things on as we lead up to that moment. But your thoughts on that, my friend?
1: Absolutely, He needs to come out with a grand entrance. Uh, you know, not that Roman has ever done that. Uh, not even at Romania did he come out with a half-decent entrance. He came out with the same old nonsense. Um, just like everybody else did, but that's not the point. Um, you know, he will. I, I-, I guarantee you. I'm pretty oh, sure Hold on, like hold on, hold on.
0: Let's just stop the clock here now. It's 11.46 p.m. Friday good friday april What is the 13th april 15th 2022 i guarantee and then you backtracked and ch- i forget the word you just said but are we guaranteeing or is he he or isn't he? let's let's get serious here now
1: okay i'll go as far as i'll guarantee you he's coming out with a grand entrance better than roman could ever do because he's only got a dick and two bitches
0: so it's just got, you've just gone completely off the rails. I got to call Vince. You're even you're, you're even gone too crazy for Vince. Like you need to be censored. Even Vince had his poor wife, uh, his poor wife Linda McMahon sitting in the wheelchair back in the day, while Vince paraded Trish Stratus down the ramp and you know uh, kissing her and going on disrespectful to his wife. Like you've gone way past that, way past, way, 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 way. Even Vince would be like, well, hold on. Darren. It's way too much, man. Way too much. You're saying way too many derogatory things about Roman Reigns. I'm going to put a call on Vince, man. Expect disciplinary action.
1: Bring it on, but we're moving on. Cause like I said, we could talk about this for hours and debate this and banter and have a good old time, but we need it. We have a show to continue. So we're going to go on to ricochet in the back with an interview um, where he states that gender can't match his abilities, um, which you and I both spoke about this match during the pre-show, and yet again, here we go again with the whole size difference and how it's not... It's no fun to watch two ma- a match with two different sizes like this. Gender is a very big guy, where Ricochet is not that big, and, you know, like we said, gender should be in that in that group of people to be fighting for you know the unified uh, championships you know something in those lines but he's not they've put him down to the intercontinental championship Um, so this is completely incorrect in my mind and then we go I'll get your thoughts on all of this in just a moment here Um, and then we get into the match with Ricochet versus Jinder Mahal of course Ricochet does win um, I, I do believe, if I remember correctly, Shanky does try to get involved. It doesn't work out very well. And, uh, and Ricochet does pull out the win and retain the Intercontinental Championship. But overall, it, it's not a match that should have happened. Uh, Ginder should not have been put in that category to have to face that title for that title. And it, it, it's really, it's really stupid, if you ask me.
0: Agreed 100%. How does it make sense? Listen, it doesn't make sense on any level. Is that Ricochet is extremely talented, a phenomenal wrestler, but these are two different worlds. And then Ricochet is like catapulting himself off the top rope to uh, take out Shanky and Jinder Mahal, two guys that are monsters, absolute monsters outside the ring. It doesn't make any sense. And then he proceeds to, you know, throw Jenner Mahal back into the ring and then, you know, finish him off. It doesn't make any sense. You know, it, it's potato, potato. It just doesn't make any sense. And the thing is, is that I'm not going to bring myself to, like, you know, blast and ricochet because although I'm not a ricochet fan, I've said this many times, is that, you know, don't like the cut of his jib. And uh, he just... He, he doesn't have, he doesn't have it. You know, uh, he needs, he needs a, well, here's the thing. We can't just keep going to Paul Heyman and MVP. I'm not saying you said this, but I'm just saying is that I was about to say he needs a Paul Heyman he needs an MVP. No, he doesn't. He needs someone else. So this is why uh, I say week in and week out, we need a third person, a woman on the desk. I say week in and week out. We need more belts, not less belts. And now I'm going to add something to it, which I've said before, but now I'm going to be consistent with it. We need more managers. Managers who are managers. Not managers, managers who were Bobby Heenan, Slick Rick, uh, Mr. Fuji, um, Jimmy Vicky Hart, Guerrero, it, uh, Vicky Guerrero. These were not managers. Uh, what's the guy's name? That was... Uh, Uh, SmackDown, skinny black guy. Ah, jeez. You talk about Teddy Long. Teddy Long. These were not people. Teddy Long, Vicky Guerrero, Slick Rick, Mister Fuji, Bobby the Brain Heenan, Jimmy Dam. Jimmy Hart. Sorry. These were not people that were waiting or biding their time or, you know, laying in the weeds, if you will, and waiting in the wings to become WWE superstars. These were managers. Paul Heyman is not waiting in the wings, lying in the weeds for one day. He's going to capitalize on the opportunity to be a WWE superstar. MVP has already lived that life. So we need managers. And this is the same argument that I have for tag teams. You know, Montez Ford, I re- I was reading online, let's do a couple podcasts about Montez Ford being the number one candidate to carry the WWE moving forward, and like, you know, he has WWE, a you know, heavyweight superstar written all over him. There's no question. I-, I sing Montez, do I not sing Montez Ford's praises every week?
1: Absolutely, you do.
0: Yes, and, and-, and I love him. And he is, a- he's a 25 out of 10. But and i always say Angelo Dawkins although i got love for him i always say he's inferior to Montez Ford. I don't use that word because i don't want to be negative because i think they complement each other well and in a tag team there's usually you know a yin to the yang but they're a phenomenal tag team. So, you know, we need tag teams that are tag teams. Anyway, i'm going to stop myself. But the point is is that you know these are the things that we need. And go, Sorry, you said I was going somewhere with the manager thing. Who did you bring up here that I was going with the manager? Who did you bring up?
1: We were talking about Jinder Mahal and Ricochet. Right.
0: Jinder Mahal and Ricochet, right? Yeah, exactly. Two prime examples. So Jinder Mahal to me, me personally, when Jinder Mahal had, what were the two guys that were coming out with him?
1: You had Shanky and there was another guy, but Shanky still no, with man. him.
0: Yeah, like back not back oh, in the the, day. Uh, the
1: the the twin brothers you're talking about.
0: The Singh brothers, yeah, or something yes, like that, yes, right? Yes, yes. Yeah, they're from Vancouver, you know, as well. And um, when they were rolling out the carpet and everything, it was great. Because the Singh but what I loved about it was this is that the Singh brothers are a tag team. They're they're excellent wrestlers. Jinder Mahal's a superstar if you let him if you let him become a superstar and it all worked. Because at any any point in time, they could turn on him, maybe. Because they're great wrestlers. At any given point in time, they could jump in. But plus, they were decent on the mic, too. And Jinder Mahal's decent on the mic. And he's a big boy. And, you know, it's just it's just it's such a missed opportunity. So the point is, is that we need a manager for him. And Ricochet, like I said, is that we need a manager for him. Not Paul Heyman, not MVP. Because, you know, like, not that I don't love both of them. I do. But it's enough. We need new. We need new managers. That's what I'm talking about. Zelina. Like, you know, I appreciate Zelina wants to wrestle and now it's Queen Zelina. And, you know, she's fucking British or whatever the fuck she's doing. But the point is, is that she's great at being a manager and then she can still wrestle. I don't know. Like, I guess my point is, is that I keep saying I now I'm going to reiterate week in and week out. I want a woman on the desk. I want more managers. I want tag teams to remain tag teams and I want more belts, not less.
1: All right. We're going to move on and we're going to go to the back where we get um, Pete Dunne, Sheamus and Ridge Holland in an interview. And they're just, they basically, it, it's all about how, you know, at the end of last week's match between Pete Dunne and I believe it was Kofi Kingston or Xavier was one of the two um, they simply, uh, sorry, Pete Xavier Woods, sorry, um, how, you know, Pete Dunn looked very angry, sort of slapped Seamus around and Rich Holland around if there was any, you know, issues going on there, and Seamus says, nope, you know, they always, somebody's always got, he's always got to get his, his frustrations out, and this is what he's done, and, um, but then it becomes really dumb because, in my opinion, because you look and you're watching it and you, you know, Pete Dunne is not happy with the way this interview is going or how they're talking about him. And he walks away. And then in two seconds later, Ridge Holland all of a sudden turns around to, to Sheamus and goes, oh my God, we've lost Pete Dunne. No, you didn't. He walked away from you guys. I saw it. I, I had no time and no Uh, no no patience for this silly segment of them in the back and uh, I thought it was really really dumb and I I didn't have any time for it
0: yeah I don't have much to add to this I have not like you know it's all of the guys that you just mentioned and even possibly Seamus included at this stage but I'll give him the benefit of the doubt they're all dead to me right Like to me they should all be ushered out. I have no use for any of them. I'm not going to waste much time on it. I do want to, forgive me, I do want to go back and ask you your opinion on, you know, I know I was ranting and raving a little bit about uh, tag teams and managers and belts and the women on the table and what have you. Um, Instead of going through that particular segment, which we both don't have any use for, I'd love to hear your thoughts on those few topics if you wanted to weigh in on, on any of that stuff that I just mentioned, please.
1: The for sure the tag teams and and the belts. You know, the, the, the belts we do need more. We need to stop taking them away and unifying them or, you know, collaborating them, whatever you want to call it. Leave them the way they are and add more to them. You know, we need more. We have a lot of different size superstars throughout all all shows. NXT, excuse me, SmackDown, Raw. And we need those titles. We need those belts. We need more of them. We need to stop taking them away for sure. SmackDown, not SmackDown, sorry. Tag teams. Get tag teams, keep them together. You know, I'm not a fan of the, the slapping together. Yes, some of it has worked out. Some of them work really well together. RK Bro included. Alpha Academy. Uh, thank you! Um, you know, they have worked out. But for the legit tag teams, like the Street Profits, you know...
2: Um,
0: <laughs> My mute button. I'm mute, mute, mute. I'm mute, I'm mute, I'm mute. I'm just pressing, 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 pressing. Shoo!
1: All right, well, we finally got it out. That's good. Um, where was I? Uh, like the Street Profits, um, the Usos, like these are teams that you have to keep together. These are teams that ha- are meant to be tag teams. These are the teams you must keep together. You know, Alpha Academy, I know for a fact that what soon enough. You know, they're going to be split. RK-Bro is the same way. They're soon enough, they're going to be split because they're not legit tag teams. These guys are meant to be single competitors and the same goes with Naomi and Sasha. They're all going to be split. So keep the normal and the actual tag teams together. Stop slapping new ones. You know, if if they come in as tag teams, then they're a tag team. Leave them as so. Same with championship belts. Bring more in, leave the current ones there. Managers, get more. You know, another good manager that I uh, I meant to mention to you, of course, was Paul Bearer. You know, he was very keen, a key, a key person to The Undertaker's story. You know, he played a lot for the, he did a lot with The Undertaker for The Undertaker. You know, he also did a lot of work with Kane as well. He was very good with what he did, but he wasn't there to become a, A wrestler to become a a belt uh, a title holder none of that he was there just to be the manager of the Undertaker sometimes Kane and that was the end of it for him so yes I completely agree with you on all of that Anything you would like to add to that about Paul Bearer? Yes.
0: So, you know what? Uh, Again, my mute button, sorry. I'm so glad you mentioned that. And, you know, what? I don't mean to put a damper on the Undertaker's Hall of Fame speech. I could be incorrect on this. But, you know, I'm ashamed that I even forgot to mention Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer is such an important character and piece of the WWE history and fabric and someone that all of us loved. So, I hope I'm wrong. I don't think I am, but I hope I am. Is that I'm just playing through The Undertaker's Hall of Fame speech. And Paul Bear, correct me if I'm wrong, has passed away, right? Correct. Did The Undertaker acknowledge him in his Hall of Fame speech? He did. he did. And so I missed it. Did he acknowledge him as Paul Bear, or did he acknowledge him as his real name?
1: I I think he said his real name, but then also added um, Paul Bearer, so people would know who he was talking about.
0: So what did he say? So how did I miss that? And Maybe I didn't. Do you know off the top of your head or no?
1: No, I I can't remember what fully he did say, but he did mention it was in amongst his speech was forever long as much as I enjoyed it. Um, I just as he was talking about certain things and mentioning people's names. I do remember him bringing up Paul Bearer and I think it was around the time when he brought out Kane's name because, of course, Paul Bearer did have a lot to do with that whole rivalry between him and Kane um, when it did happen too, right? So I think it was around that time when he brought out Paul Bearer's name.
0: Okay, good. So you know what? I'm actually really... And this is how much, you know... And like I said, for those that... Well, nobody who doesn't appreciate wrestling the same way we do, no one would ever be listening to this other than people who love wrestling. So, um, we're going to have to share some wrestling stories.
2: You have no, sorry. yourself. Yeah.
0: We're going to have to share some wrestling stories is how we enjoyed wrestling growing up. Because, you know, I digress. But the thing I would say is this, is that, you know... Um, I said all that because you have no idea how relieved I am to hear that because it really was bothering me when you said it. Is that I just I had forgotten, and I'm like, if the Undertaker didn't mention Paul Bear during his Hall of Fame speech, it would bother me because the Undertaker's Hall of Fame speech was so poignant and, and it was so well prepared that it would have been an, an intentional omission. Which would be unsettling because then it would mean that there was dissension among two people who we all know and love. And you know, in the beginning, the Paul Bear, Paul Bear was such an important piece. So I am actually relieved to say, to hear that. I genuinely mean that. I'm relieved to know that he did mention that. And I'm going to have to go back and listen to that speech again because um, I loved Paul Bear. And you know, as I say, Paul Bear. You know, I think of Brother Love. I love you. You remember Brother Love? Yeah, like... Uh... Yep. All right, I- I'm gone. I'm gone nuts now. We are supposed to have a quick post-show. This is our longest post-show ever. And what we're, we're to well aside, not ever like WrestleMania, I don't count because that has to be an elongated post show. But as far as Ron SmackDown, like we're just and we're not, you know, to be honest, we haven't even gone off. The, I was about to say we've gone off the rails and we're gone nuts. We haven't really. It's just we're just talking that talk and just we could just go on and on forever. I could do this all day, every day, man.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. We we had you know, we have gone off the rails a little, we went on to you know music and things like that we did go a little offside but for the most part we've stayed on track and uh but the question
0: is do we love wrestling or do we need medical attention
1: no we love it i I don't need medical attention Uh, i'm
0: sorry i'm i definitely need medical attention but but (laughs) but and we also love wrestling so okay so 50 50 50 50 50 50 50 all right
1: all right all right you know um, we, we spend a lot of time debating Drew and, and Roman, and that debate is long from over. We're going to move on. Um, and uh, we got a classic moment. Now, I can't remember if this, this, this classic moment uh, segment on SmackDown started last week or if this is just a new thing, but I don't remember seeing it last week. Um, you can correct me if we did. Um, so this classic moment for this week was back from June 27th, 2002, when Kurt Angle came out and called for any opponent to come and face him um, and of course who was the man that came out? Uh, none other than John Cena and uh, John Cena came out Kurt Angle of course, where the hell are you? and uh, you know I'm John Cena and you know and you know things happen and then of course they show him in the back with, with the Undertaker and the Undertaker says good job And all this but you you know it was an interesting moment to just watch as a classic moment in WWE for sure Um, but yet again I said like I said I can't remember if this happened last week or not I don't remember it at all
0: yeah so I don't remember either because like you know again full transparency I didn't see everything from last week as you know last week was a little bit of a challenge for me so I don't know if I may have missed it however I do enjoy this so, hold on a
1: second here. Hey, as he does what he has to do. Sorry, it just, uh,
0: little hey Google action started playing music. I don't know what happened there.
2: See? Okay,
0: hold on. I gotta put you on mute here for a second. Hold on.
1: As Shane decides and deals with his issues with his his friend Google, um, we're going to talk. Sorry. John Cena. John Cena needs to come back. John Cena needs to do a lot of things. John Cena needs to come back. And I hope Shane is listening when I say that John Cena needs to come back and take the championship belt away from Roman Reigns and put the ass of the table, put his ass in the ground, and uh, let John Cena be 17-time champion and the best in the world and the most title holder ever because that's what he deserves, and I really hope that he gets that because John Cena deserves it for the amount of love, the amount of time, and the amount of work that he's put into the WWE. He deserves all of that. So I hope and I pray that John Cena gets that title shot and takes it and runs with it and defeats whoever that champion is at that time, preferably the ass of the table. Um, Because we know the fun that they've had, the two of them together, um, running promos against each other. And I always remember that one time, the first time they fought, when, you know, the so-called ass of the table couldn't even remember his own promo. So, uh, you know, not many guys do that now, do they? You know, so-called ass of the table can't even remember his own promo. What a goof. Um, but hey, you know, so I'm just hoping that John Cena does get that chance. He deserves it. And uh, he should be 17-time champion, the best in the world. And call it a day. Right, Shane? I hope you're listening. So yeah. But I want to go on to something else here, and that's about name changes. Okay? Name changes drive me up the wall. Why or why are we changing the names of random superstars? he done to Butch, Elias to Ezekiel. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hello? Hey, Darren. Yeah, I can hear you. Shane is having technical difficulties. Um, I'm not sure what's happened with him, but he can't hear me, but I can hear him. So, hopefully, he gets that sorted very soon so we can get on with this and finish up the last few things that we need to talk about. Where was I? It's really weird. Hello? Uh, hey. Can you hear me? Earth so He's having technical difficulties. I'm not sure why. But anyways. Stop changing the names of superstars. They are who they are. We know who they are. They're not meant to be changed. I don't like it. Pete Dunne will always be Pete Dunne. Elias will always be Elias. Gunther will always be Walter. Walter will always be Gunther, whatever way you want to call it. But it will always be Walter. Can't change that. Stop doing it. It's not good. Change, change, change. Shane has ran into difficulties, because he is not on mute, but I can't hear him. But I can see he's no longer on mute. Shane, if you can hear me, say hello. Hello? Can you hear me? Oh, and he's gone. Cool. Cool. There's something going on. Technical difficulties. This is fun. So anybody out there that thinks that Drew McIntyre is the best in the world, please tweet it. To off the hook said the signal is busy and let Shane know that Drew McIntyre.
0: Talk that talk, talking about, that's what I'm talking about. Are you talking to me? Talk that talk, provided by Off The Hook, the platform for the people. Step into the studio and talk that talk. Get off the sidelines, man.